Hey Andy, Nim's here. Thanks for tuning into the Hey Andy's podcast by Burma and Jen. If you're hearing this, you're currently not tuned into our subscriber feed and will only hear a portion of the episode. To subscribe, head over to brymerandjohn.com or click the link in the podcast description for more information. I look forward to welcoming you to our community where you'll find full episodes and other exclusive content. Honestly, man, it's lit. <laughs> Enjoy the episode. Assalamu alaikum Hello, hello, hello. Hi. How are you? First thing first, big, 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 big apologies are in order. The podcast has been late two weeks in a row. I'm, oh, yeah, I don't even know where to start, man. There is definitely a reason. There has been a reason as to why the podcast did not come out last week and as to why it's a little late this week and those two reasons are the same. And we'll get into that in a moment. But first things first, let's introduce, let's introduce, let's introduce, let's not go off on a tangent. Let's get, let's just jump straight into it. So hello and welcome to another episode of the Hey Andy's podcast, a marketing business development podcast Ooh, <clears throat> got something caught in my throat there a marketing business development and strategy podcast for multi-hyphenates people who are this and that folk my infinite potentials people to find out more about the andy world and what i do head on over to brymerandjohn.com where you can join the community book a one-to-one session with me or just browse our resources so you can probably tell but i was reading <laughs> And that is also part of the reason why the podcast was delayed a little bit. This um, episode is partially scripted because, as you've probably been hearing from previous episodes, I have a problem with going off on one, going on a tangent, and then what then happens is after every episode, I have to go through and edit it to ensure that I wasn't waffling too much, You, I didn't lose your interest, and I didn't say anything I really shouldn't be saying because I get comfortable, and getting comfortable is dangerous. So that was part of the reason why podcast episodes can be a little late with everything that I'm doing. I could not, um, I didn't have the time to be sitting down through the episode and editing them post. And for those of you who don't do podcasts, or I don't know if it's normal for everybody for me, but for me anyways, it might take me an hour to record the podcast, but about two and a half hours to edit it. Because essentially what I want to do is ensure that the edit is pretty seamless, it's clean, it's not jumpy and I actually try to listen so I might listen back to the full episode like three times whilst I'm editing just to make sure that the flow's good um and sometimes you know just if I'm gonna cut out a whole section then it's cut out this whole section and find a section to replace it with that makes it make sense so that you guys on the other end can't tell too much how edited it that, that it's been so um since it's been edited you might have a couple start and stops a couple changes in intonation and tone but it shouldn't be so much that it just like disrupts your listening experience however i do not have the time to be able to do that every episode and that means that i can record an episode early and ready to go but because i haven't had time to sit down and edit it i end up sitting on several episodes and then it's just like late so there's sirens going on I hope it didn't pick up on the mic so what I decided to do was to start scripting the episodes I was like let me script the episodes as much as possible and so when I followed the script um 
I know that at least for the most part I've followed something that's pretty much pre-approved and I wouldn't have to edit unless I say something because again when I used to get comfortable I'd say something with mental knob you're gonna have to edit this out later but just say it for the story edit out make it neat and I just don't want to do that so now I'm only gonna say what's on my script what's in my bullet points um so for the most part it will be scripted it, well not for the most part it's gonna be partially scripted and with a little bit of me adding spice and going off on tangent but it's going to be within the story line slash storyboard that I have got written here so I hope you enjoy. <laughs> I hope you're not too mad and I hope these are improvements for, um, I hope these are positive changes and improvements for the better. Right, so today we'll be taking the approach behind Barama and, oh, can you imagine? I've already started making mistakes, I'm reading this wrong. And I wrote this, you know, wow. Right, so <laughs> today we'll be talking the approach behind Barama and John. This episode is a little late, and what most of you may not know is that this episode is in fact the third version of this topic. So my third attempt at recording this. And yes, as I said, it is that is the explanation as to why the episode did not come out last week. So last week what happened was um, when the episode was due to come out and I was doing my last minute edits, I listened to it again and I just wasn't happy. I wasn't happy with the original version and the original way in which I approached the topic. I just felt like it was I don't know like it just didn't feel like it was clear it was actionable it was actual like advice it just was more so just me telling you what I was doing why I was doing it. and I, I, I felt like if you weren't me or if you didn't have added context or information or had a sit down session you might not even be able to understand or understand where I'm coming from like it just felt very it did, it, it, for me, it didn't feel like it was achieving the objective that I wanted it to achieve. So I wasn't happy with it. So I sat down and I re-recorded it. And I re-recorded it again. But from a mindset of, okay, I wasn't happy with what happened last time. So we're going to do something completely different this time. And so I was happy with it at the end of that recording, ready to go. But then when I went back to edit it, to put it out again, I just wasn't 100% happy. I was happy with the methodology and the way I approached the subject. But I just wasn't happy with the delivery this time. I just kind of felt like... This is very long-winded and because it's such a, um, there's quite a few elements to this subject that I, w I really wanted to get across and I just felt like I wasn't getting them across properly because when I wasn't, obviously not reading from a script means I go off on a tangent, I'm speaking to you live, I'm speaking direct from the heart, it's very passionate and sometimes I can go off and not remember to come back and so I didn't feel like I was giving you a very wholesome picture of like the behind the scenes and I, I couldn't also, when listening in, um, I felt like I couldn't, it, it would be very chopped and screwed if I started like recording the bits that was missing and then just adding it in. So I made the difficult decision to start the recording all over again. And so now we're here, version three. Um, and essentially I want it to be clear, conci concise and beneficial to you all. So I may be going OTT on the perfectionism, but please bear with me. I want this to be, I want this episode in particular to just be great I want it <laughs> I want you to get me and I, I kind of don't want to have any especially because it's so personal to me it's like this is my business this is my strategy this is what I'm doing this is how I'm trying to achieve what I'm trying to achieve it's very much things that I would you know mo mo most people would keep secret and they would keep to themselves and it would just be like 
like this is my playbook essentially and to put it out means that I'm kind of opening myself up to scrutiny I'm also opening myself up to like to the rest of the world knowing my secrets I'm literally like being an open book and I'm being quite vulnerable in my opinion because this is this is me essentially this is me telling you this is this is how I am this is this is my life and then giving that to the world like this is something that I've been working on for the past how many years it's it's very very close to me and I wouldn't normally um I wouldn't normally like open myself up to the world like that like with certain elements as much as I'm an open book there are certain bits of myself that I like to just keep like within myself and I didn't realize it till I started writing this down that I felt very strongly about this I I don't know like it just never clicked like for the most part I'm happy to just tell people what I'm doing but for some reason when it came to like putting it into words and putting down like the maths of everything down and expressing that and explaining it just felt like I was being very very open and vulnerable and that scares me that really terrifies me I can't even lie um but that's like a personal something and that's this is not the podcast for that <laughs> so um yeah those are like several of the reasons those are several reasons as to why this episode was late and why I just I didn't want to delay it any further and I didn't want to just skip onto another episode altogether I just really wanted to like stick true to my work and I said I would deliver it but then I didn't realize like I said till I started doing this how much this kind of means to me um and why because also me saying everything makes it very very real and makes it accountable and I hate accountability like people can hold you to what you said like you said you was going to do this but you ain't even done that yet and I feel like there's too many things that people have about me and this is one thing that I just wanted to keep like be my little secret these are the things that I'm doing quietly in my own little part of the world like I'm a move in silence person like real G's move in silence like lasagna but that's just me through and through and this is very much not silence this is very much this is how I'm going to be moving playbook um so that's why this this particular episode was very hard for me to do. However, that being said, this is that is not the entire approach at which I have taken for this episode. Um, I've kind of moved away from a what it is I'm doing and moved into a how I'm doing it or how I reached this, um, like how I built my strategy. So this is a compromise that I'm actually very, very happy with and I actually feel like will be a lot more beneficial to everybody else. So... <clears throat> I hope you really enjoy this episode and I hope you benefit. Let's get straight into it. So starting from the top, what is Brahma and John? Essentially, Brahma and John is the umbrella which houses all my idea ideas. It's my reason too. When I first graduated from uni, I attempted to get a graduate job, as you do, but I very quickly realised this nine-to-five hustle was not for me. I'm not built to work in such a system systematic manner. I get bursts of creativity at 4am and I have an urge to build things. I realised very early on that with my particular skill sets and for my own happiness, I needed to strike out on my own. So I had my first clear solution, start a business that would allow me to do what I wanted to do. And my first problem was the fact that I'm not built for the traditional work life. Um, so essentially, this my my strategy or my whole business was built on a very is built on a very simple fundamental of what is the problem what is the solution I'm a solution-based thinker I think I say that everywhere I go but if I haven't said that here then this is the first time you'll be hearing it I am a solution-based thinker whenever I have a problem in my life I sit down I try to think about the solutions for how to fix it and that's how I approach everything and so very much and very naturally that's how I approached Byron and John in the beginning um 
However, I was, I'm a solution-based thinker at the very beginning when I started without a workflow process. And over time, I had to develop my own workflow process. And so when we do sessions, when I'm talking to my clients and I'm talking to people, what I help them do is develop their workflow process because I know how chaotic things can be when you don't have a workflow. Like when you don't know, you do this thing, you do this thing, you do this. This is the way which I approach things. This is my methodology. When you don't have that like clearly defined or outlined in a way that works with your personality, everything gets a bit messy. So being a solution-based thinker doesn't necessarily mean I have a clear workflow. It just means that I know when there's a problem, I sit down and try to figure out the solution. I try to get to the root of it and I try to find um, how to fix it. But I've never had a method at which everything was streamlined. Like you fix this first, then you fix that first, then you fix this first, and everything will be fixed in order. It was just more fix whatever you figured out how to fix there and then, and then just jump straight into it. Because I'm also an instant gratification lover. I love... I love to be rewarded instantly for whatever I've done. I can't, I can't do patience. I can't wait. So I had my first clear solution, start a business that would allow me to, um, to do what I wanted to do. And my first problem was the fact that I wasn't built for the traditional work life. Like I realised that very, very early on. The next problem was the fact that I am what you refer to, or what I refer to as an Andy, more commonly known as a multi-hyphenate. I'm pretty decent at a lot of things, enough to make a living off any of my talents. The problem is I want to do everything. And that's the truth. <laughs> and for a few years, that's exactly what I did. If I could dream it, I would attempt to build it. So I mentioned earlier that um, I'm someone that loves instant gratification. Like if I think of something, I want to know how it's going to work. I want to test it out. I want to trial and error. I want to build it. Like I, I get, get my hands dirty. I trial things out. Like the first thing I want to do is see if whatever I can imagine lines up with reality. And once I see that that's 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 true, like it works. I abandon it. I've lost all interest. And that is a major flaw for me in that I can dream up solutions to so many things. But once I've built my first draft or once I've built my prototype and I've seen that it works, if it doesn't work, then I stay at it till it works because it nags me. But once I see that it works, I just abandon it. Um, And so a lot of you might not have you might not have realised that about me, but you might have seen that trait come up a lot of the times with Brian and John stuff. You would see that I would start new projects, I would do new things, I would jump from this to that, and I'd be pretty good at pretty much everything that I was doing. But once I was doing it to the point that, like, yeah, 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 yeah I loved it, I would abandon it. And that's why there's very few things that I consistently do, such as photography. Because with photography, like, that's a constant learning. The outcome changes each time. Like, you have to be in the right place, right time to get the perfect picture. And then, then you can be in another place, another time. Like, nothing is ever the same. Um, food, again, food, the outcome changes e- each time. Like, I can be cooking based on vibes and it can bang. And I can be cooking on vibes tomorrow and it will flop. So things that the outcome isn't predictable and the outcome isn't um, consistent. There's so many variables are things that I really enjoy doing and I stay consistent at. I can, um, like with photography again, like I'm, I'm still learning. I don't think I'm a professional photographer, but like if I don't have all my settings correct, if I don't, because I like to shoot on manual because I'm mad, but I love shooting on manual because it's very much like if I have, if everything lines up and I have all my settings and I've downloaded all the knowledge and I take that picture, the picture has the potential to be the perfect picture. But then if I stand in a different position, the picture changes and what I capture changes. And so photography for me is very much live and direct. Like it's not stand here and shoot from here and the outcome will always be the same whereas another project of mine which is fun fact most people might not know is I can sew (laughs) 
yes, I can sew. I have a sewing machine. I have an overlocker. I have thread. I have material. I have everything. I can sew. The thing with sewing is sewing is consistent. There is a pattern. You cut out the pattern. You attach the garment. You attach the pieces together. The garment is there. If someone's a bigger size, you change it. Like it doesn't. The outcome really doesn't change. So if I've sewn a blazer once, I can sew a blazer twice. I can sew a blazer twice. If I've sewn trousers once, I can sew trousers twice. The difference is I might just get better at it. My finishing might get cleaner. It might just start to look more and more professional. But the outcome doesn't ever change. And so for me, sewing got boring really, really quickly. I still love to pick up pieces and sew. Like if I can come up with a crazy design, I'll sit down. And so one thing I started doing with sewing actually, which tangent, but we'll come back to the main um, the main thing soon is that with sewing, I, I stopped I, I stopped trying to sew from patterns. I would never draw a pattern. I would free it because if I wasn't doing it freely, I would be hella bored cutting out the pattern, putting it, because essentially it's done. And I never ever did um, a Muslim version. I never did one, like, a, like you do like a draft one if you're a serious person to test out what you're thinking and then you do it again with the final product. I would just st cut straight into my product. And if it Fs up, it Fs up. Like I just wasn't, it wasn't for me. <laughs> Oh, subhanAllah, but yeah, that, that's literally that type of person I am. So from the outside, um, so from the outside looking in, it's hard to pinpoint what I did. I looked inconsistent and I myself didn't actually have a framework. I had little financial security, was always in a state of, I had, I had no financial security actually. I was always in a state of um, survival and hustle and it wasn't actually a stable method of growth. I didn't have a clear brand nor business strategy. I was literally just doing whatever I felt on, going off my whims. And like I said, like instant gratification. Like if I had an idea, I needed to test the idea, I needed to build it, I would buy whatever I needed to buy. And I, I, I still am like that. I haven't changed at all. I've just built a system that works around my personality. And so that's literally... That's my messaging. That's why I teach people. That's why I help people highlight and identify. You build things that work with who you are. You don't try to change you. Like I've, I say to people all the time, I've been like this for 20 plus years here. I'm not going to change overnight. So what I need to do is create something that works in line with who the hell I am. <laughs> and that starts from knowing who I am. So this wasn't even... Um, <clears throat> So for me, this wasn't even like the type of mess that will soon make sense when all the pieces land. It was just a straight mess. I have lots and lots of unfinished pieces and products to testify um, to this and lots of barely used equipment. Essentially, I was creating with no plan, no clarity and no process. Fast forward, this was this would have been around 2014. So fast forward to, um, no, between 2014 to 2016. Um, Fast forward to 2017 slash 2018 and I'd been doing this and literally I hit my peak. I was overexposed, I was overstimulated and I hit a wall. There was just so much noise coming from all different corners, particularly in social. I was invested in way too many communities. Um, at this point, like I said, I was just going with my rooms, going with my interests. So I was invested in the Muslim community, the black community, the black Muslim community, the intersectional identity and politics communities, the representation of diversity lot had me for a bit. Then the activism with all like Black Lives Matter and like, black people just suffering worldwide. Like everything was pulling me left, right. I felt like I needed to be present in so many things. I needed to do something that spoke about all of these things. I was literally at a crossroad with with myself with content with where i could turn i wanted something that would be impactful for all the things that was important to me and i was tired i wanted to exist but i couldn't see past the fog how do you exist in a world constantly shutting you down with so many obstacles and a world where opportunities aren't fair 
I started to feel like what I was doing was practically impossible. Like, I remember I was doing a project with someone who I actually didn't know. And she was just like, how are you? And I was just like, you know what, yeah, I'm having a hard time. I'm actually really um, struggling because I knew what I wanted to do. I knew what Brian and John meant to me and I wasn't prepared to give that up because I'm stubborn as hell. But I also needed to be financially stable to be able to explore everything that I was trying to do, build everything that I was trying to do, live the way I was trying to do. I also didn't want to be in the UK and I really, like, till today, I've, I've, I've just been wanting to relocate for the very longest time. Um, and I just felt like, as much as on the outside it looked like I was doing things, doing this, doing that, on the inside it was just very much like, I'm just going wherever the going takes me like I have no plans all of this is just vibes vibes and passion and vibes and passion does not pay bills it's it's not sexy it doesn't look great I didn't like it (laughs) I mean you do that for like what 2004 odd years and at some point you hit your peak of being constantly in survival mode not knowing where you're going to be in six months time not knowing how everything's going to work I needed stability so the first thing I did was I decided to run away quieting down all the noise i unfollowed everybody on socials a lot of you may or may not have noticed but i unfollowed and still today most people are unfollowed as well i unfollowed everybody on socials everybody i knew and i had a pretty uh, i had a like a method so i unfollowed everybody that i knew or had their number or like was in my universe was either in the uk or like i felt like i'd missed and then i i continued following the people who I knew that I would not, if I unfollowed them, I would lose all contact with them kind of thing. Um, so people who didn't live in the UK, people who had met literally through social media and had no mutuals, so I would not know what they were going on with their life. Um, people who like would not appear on my explore page because I, I do make friends on the internet. So I kept following them and I unfollowed everybody else. And then I kept following people who genuinely I learned from people who benefited me um educated me had content that i thought was actually valuable and then i started i went on like a crazy creative follow and i was just following that i'd search like a hashtag and then i'd look through like you know the content that's coming up on that hashtag and i'll just be following people that i was like yeah yeah i'm gonna learn from you like i just started following people from all walks of life that i just thought had something that i could gain from and i needed to expand my horizon beyond outfit of the day because unfortunately um and no no shade no dis no disrespect to anybody my feed at that time was filled with everybody trying to be an influencer and i had very much early on identified i actually didn't want to be an influencer i didn't mind having influencer friends for what influencer have what for what influencer friends have which is a huge following so i did think that to have a successful business you need to, to network with all of these influencers but then i very clearly realized that first of all they kind of don't interest me beyond their outfits here and there if that um I have a very strong sense like fashion sense so I'm not really um inspired by their fashion senses either and I felt like everyone and their cat was trying to be an influencer at this point and it was either beauty it was either hey guys it was just the same repetition of the same thing over and over again and I just needed to be out of that system I needed to go to places where I could be stimulated in a direction that suited me so that was why I unfollowed everybody was like no bad vibes no malicious intent nothing but I just needed change um so I, I had to surround myself with content that would develop my mind educate me and stimulate stimulate me positively I'm a visual consumer and my world had been become mundane 
very like living life in sepia to be honest like if you can imagine i'm a i've always referred to myself as a visual communicator because i don't feel like i am a great orator um and so for someone who consumes a lot of information visually having the same type of content being shoved made it feel like i was living in an echo chamber i really was actually living in an echo chamber like i wasn't seeing beyond my nose everybody in their nan looked like me was posting content was doing the same thing like if someone posted the content and it went viral then 10 other people post that same content there was no growth no imagination no change it was just the same thing Ugh. wow i sound like an enemy but that's just that was that's just my honest opinion of my socials at that time so it had to go um so essentially i swapped friendships for strangers and um for strangers with something valuable to say i should say i muted people who constantly spoke about topics that triggered me oh my gosh block and mute um ask sad ask anybody my favorite two things in this world are block and mute people have to be gone <laughs> if you're bringing things if you're bringing energies that i don't need into my life you have to go and i need to discover who i was outside of all the noise and what i had to say so i really just ensured that i was um looking internally i became very very hyper aware of my interests, what I'm trying to do, my learning, what I wanted to learn, what I didn't know. Um, I started reading books, really just, you know, narrowed down and focused on myself. In that time, I wrote and rewrote my vision. I narrowed down what I had to offer the world and I became very, very self-aware. If I was going to build a successful business the way I wanted it and to meet my needs, I had to become very painfully aware of who I was, my pros and cons. I needed to be well-informed. The same way I feel like anyone buying a new expensive product would read several reviews before making a purchase. You don't really just part with money just like that, especially where I come from. And to be honest, there's really nothing more expensive than running a business. So before you run the business, you need to really just know like who the hell you are, who's behind the business, what you're about, what do you what you like, what you dislike. You have to be very, 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 very self-aware. And you need to be on top of your likes, your dislikes, your behaviours, your mannerisms. I think we spoke about this in another episode, so you really know how I feel about this. Stay on top of who you are in order to run the business effectively. Um and also to know what you realistically can and can't do. So after all that work, I finally had an idea of who I was. Beyond from the business aspect, I was doing that work for personal growth anyways, because boy, things were happening. Um, so I finally had an idea of who I was, what I was like to work with, my strengths, my weaknesses, areas that I'd have to outsource, and more importantly, the value that I offer. So now I bet you're wondering, what did I find out? And this is where my vision came into play, to be honest. I sat down and I really imagined what I wanted for my life, where I would be in one year and where I'd, where did I want to be. I thought about how do I see myself, you know, maybe as a married woman or how do I see myself maybe as a businesswoman? How do I see myself spending my weekends in five years time? So I thought about different scenarios and I thought about what I would need to be happy and content. And the three things I wanted, no matter the situation, aside from money, of course, because, you know, money... <laughs> money um i was gonna say something else and then i realized no i don't want to say that because that's haram allah rules everything around me there's a statement like money rules everything um but no allah <laughs> allah's the truth so yeah so i really thought about the three things i wanted no matter what the situation or content um or the or the scenario that i thought of and it was flexibility i wanted to be able to work anywhere 
anytime I wanted to be in complete control of my schedule essentially I didn't want to be limited and boxed in because that was the very first problem I I discovered I couldn't do a nine-to-five which was what led me to the business so I realized I couldn't put myself back into a nine-to-five situation because it's the same thing I was running away from so I wanted flexibility I also wanted to the, the ability to create any idea I have which is partially kind of answered by money like if you're financially free or if you if you don't have any financial burdens and you have enough money coming in then you also have the ability to create what you wanted which is that's how I thought initially but I also beyond that I wanted like a reason an excuse and that's what Brian John essentially is from the jump an excuse a reason to create the things I wanted to create and to be able to travel um more specifically I wanted a car I really just wanted a car. I, could, I couldn't be living this life doing public transport. I couldn't see myself in public transport in years' time. Didn't want public transport to be um, to be on public transport as a mother. Didn't want to be on public transport as um, a married woman, as a businesswoman. Like in every single situation, in every podcast, in every, every chance I get, I scream this to everybody. I do not like public transport. Hate it. So I definitely didn't want to be able to didn't want to be on public transport I wanted a car and beyond that I wanted a car no matter where I was in the world like I just couldn't imagine myself traveling abroad and being on public transport as something other than um a nice you know a trip out or a thing to do an activity like public transport as a as a novelty but public transport as like a yeah, 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 this is this is how I'm living my life every day, 8 to 8, every day, 8 a.m., rushing to do the commute. I couldn't do that commute life. So I wanted um, to be able to move around freely, to travel, go anywhere in the world, and when I get there, to have a car. <laughs> Even if it's renting a car for the 10 days that I'm there, have a car. I just, I just can't. <laughs> that's my own personal vendetta, but that's like a personal thing. So I really just thought about who the hell I was, what I like, what I want, and um, this was the outcome I came up with. So my core elements are identified. Next, I need to decide what I would do and my internal business system. So first of all, I thought about beyond my core identities, like my traits, what I'm known for, stuff like that. And one of them being I have a, be, is I have a naggy voice. I didn't find this out intentionally. I was told this and it did upset me for a while. Like it, do you know what? In my life, and it's not going to be in this episode anymore it was in the previous version but I was speaking about how someone told me that I have all these dreams and I don't realize they're impossible in my life people have told me um they have people have made unwanted comments that have affected me very very deeply and severely and a lot of people may wonder why I'm not close to them anymore (laughs) they shouldn't really because (laughs) that's that's besides the point but one of them is because I realized that some people have only ever said things that they may not have meant it negatively and I don't think they are bad people but it has affected me negatively and like I said I'm very easily influenced by certain things and so I just had to move them out of my space and this was one of them it was the fact that why they said something like why are you always complaining and I was just like I'm not complaining I'm just telling you a story and it made and they were like oh and for me it was just like rare like if you'd listened to my story you'd have known that I'm just coming out here to tell a story but for you sounds like I'm complaining and that made me sad for a while like I really stopped talking and I can actually trace back a lot of my insecurities or like the problems that I've had directly to statements that people have made to me um which is why I'm also very very careful about statements I make to people now because I'm just kind of like you just don't know what effect you're having on them but yeah I was told I have a naggy voice I told like I was told that I I, I sound like I'm complaining um 
And so <laughs> it did upset me for a while. But I did think about it. And in the process of thinking about it, I realised, you know what, the way I speak might not... It's not their fault, obviously. Um, it's not my fault either. It's just the way I am. But I started to think, maybe the way I speak sounds like I'm bossing people around, nagging or whining. It sounds like I'm complaining. It sounds like I'm coming from a position of authority. Um... And I just naturally sound like I'm telling people what to do. And so I thought about that and I was just like, well, if that's the way I sound, then why don't I just tell people what to do? I'm like, own it. <laughs> I literally tell people what to do. So I was like, mm, if I sound like it, might as well do it. Here we go. So my solution was a job where I tell people what to do. The problem is that this is how I sound. This is the solution. Then um, the second problem I had, which I'd mentioned earlier on, was that I have many ideas and I'm always jumping from project to project, always trying to do something, always spotting holes, experimenting, building ideas. I'm very adventurous when it comes to my ideas. And the thing is, as I can't chase all of these ideas. I can't try to build them all. I can't do everything. I'm literally one person. So the solution to that, give these ideas away. Live vicariously through others. For me, it's not really, a big part of it is building the idea and putting it together. But it's not really about the outcome. Couldn't care less about the outcome. I'm really more about the process when I describe myself more often than not these days, I tell people I'm the dash between A to B. Could it care less about A? Could it care less about B? I'm just here for the ride. And so if there is someone that's very, very passionate about B and they're currently at A, you know, let's collaborate. Let's get you to B. I love a good ride. I'm not here for the outcome. You are here for the outcome. So you get to enjoy that. And so that's what I thought. Um, literally the solution would be give ideas away work with people help them develop what they're doing and live vicariously through them be a part of things without having to commit that became the solution and as you're probably listening you're probably realizing that yes you can see Barman and John forming in your head and this is literally how I approached it and this is how I got to where I am today so I'm, I'm really hoping that this has given you um top secret energy like yeah 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 I'm getting it I'm getting it I'm seeing it I'm seeing it so third component I'm a bum through and through I work hard and I play even harder I like to rest I like to sleep I like to enjoy myself so you actually can't come and kill me with stress at all I can't overextend myself and I need a place where I can work at my own time and leisure so as I explained earlier I couldn't care less for the B couldn't care less for the A but I'm here for the dash um, I can't, I want to be able to do that at my own time. If I really did care about B, it would mean I'd have to have a structure where I'm, you know, working nine to five, doing this, doing that, working hard, grinding, in order to be in a position where I, um, can commit to making a long lasting beat. But if I'm here for the dash, then it's literally, the ride is a journey. It takes about, what, 20 minutes to get there, half an hour to get there, an hour to get there, 45 minutes to get there. So I jump on the, you know, get in the car, luxurious ride, the limo, get to where we're going and I'm like all right cool now you're here <laughs> I'm gonna hop off and jump off of the rest ride I enjoy the ride um I want to be able to take the ride wherever I'm going but I can't stay for the long lasting implications the growing the developing the scaling I can't be a core component because I want to go and play I want to go have fun so now that I've you know I've dropped you to where you're going I'm gonna go meet my friends I'm gonna rest for about a month have a great old time and then come back for the next journey that's the kind of person I am. So the solution I thought of in order to not have to be um, on top of things 24-7 because that's not who I am and that's not what I'm interested in was to build a community. I thought about how to, you know, I thought about elements that would require me to be on top of things all the time and one of them would be support. 
supporting other people anybody that has um any type of business needs some sort of support like a help app da, 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 support app da, 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 where if there's there's problems if things aren't working there's someone you reach out to you get to the hr team the support team and the support team will help you out the it guys will fix it most businesses need someone online or a group of people a team online fixing problems that other people have and as a um founder of a small business by myself running it with uh, freelancers and contractors the person most the person was likely to be that hr it guy is me the person that will be required to be live all the time fixing people's problems helping people out all the time is me easily accessible readily available that's me and i was just like no so um i got to this this wasn't something that i figured out immediately by the way this is something i figured out after testing so after testing solutions one and two I still realised that I still had problems. Um, I found out people were relying on me way too much than what I expected. And I also found out that I actually didn't want to give people half-assed solutions. So I didn't want to just help people and run away, which for some reason called me an idiot. <laughs> I really just thought I could help someone get to where they're going and then just leave. But you can't. Like You have to close just as well as you... Um, you have to leave just as well as you came and so I found that it would need them to have access to me for a certain number of time even if I helped them get to a certain situation they would still need support people don't just learn overnight this isn't something that I've even learned overnight I've learned it over the years for me to feel like I can say to someone this is the playbook do this 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 and then kind of leave they don't feel right with me especially because most of my sessions are one-to-one xyz and the rest so I thought cool how do i do this but not really do this so how do i provide this support system how do i aid people how do i help them without having to be the one stop shop because if i'm struggling already as it is because now i go from working when i want to being accessible all the time and readily available or to having to put in extra time i couldn't just walk away um and so i thought build a community if I build a community, I can help people by having other people help them, essentially. So, it, <laughs> uh, right. So, um, if someone has worked with me for a lot longer, then they are more than welcome to help the people who are maybe new into the community and answer questions that have already come up. Also, with a community, we can identify what the frequently asked questions is. We can put them in a public place for other people to find the answers to it. I don't have to be, because what I did find out as well is when, you have, when I started having multiple clients at a go, I realised I was repeating the same thing. The question I was answering for A, I'd have to answer for B, for C, for D. And at some point, I was getting very, very tired because I was just like, how many times do I have to answer this one question? If you'd like to keep listening to this podcast, you'll need to subscribe at brimerandjohn.com. You'll get access to all full-length episodes of the podcast, including other perks and content, such as access to the Brimer and John community, where you'll find a network of like-minded people working together to build and grow. You'll also get access to webinars, live streams, AMAs, and benefit from tailored business advice and insights from industry experts. Join us! <laughs> no honestly come join us it's lit it's really really lit i'm gonna keep telling you it's lit till you join it's lit